Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Mm-hmm. Good afternoon, Bruins fans. I'd like to uh, start this program by honoring a, a really good friend of mine who passed away last week. Uh, his name was Alan Sullivan, and he was a credentialed photographer with the uh, Boston Bruins at the NHL level and the um, Providence Bruins at the AHL level. And unfortunately, he lost his battle to uh, sickness, which is uh, very unfortunate because he was just a very kind-hearted gentleman and would do anything for anybody, uh, including myself. Um, uh, I have a couple pictures of, of my friend that I do want to share with everybody. And those of you that are fortunate to be on the YouTube can see uh, how much joy this guy had just by looking at his face. Um, he was uh, just a, an unbelievable person who um, dedicated his life to hockey. Uh, he played hockey at a young age and and um, just worked his way up through that fandom to get a you know, these, uh, these tremendous opportunities to be um, one of the better photographers that um, this organization has seen throughout the years. Um, a little story about 
about my friend, uh, Alan, um, when I first started out writing, um, he, uh, he called, he sent me an email and said that, um, you know, if you don't stop using my images, I'm going to send a, a letter of, uh, de uh, uh, decease and desist, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, after talking to him, uh, personally, he, uh, basically opened his, his, um, his portfolio up to me and said, you know, you're a great guy and I know you'll credit me, um, throughout. So you are definitely welcome to use my, my library of, um, images for what you need to do. So, um, this episode 247 is dedicated to my friend, Alan Sullivan. And at this moment, I'd like to take a, a moment of silence. Thank you. The Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag in a partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 247, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, and this is my host, Heather Ringerson. Heather, how are we doing this week? All right. It's been a week. Um, again, rest in peace, Mr. Sullivan. Good work, and uh, we'll always have your photos to help, you know, the moments of this team over so many years and uh, Providence as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's been a week. Glad to be back here with you. We've got some real actual hockey happening, not just with the Bruins, but you know, um, the NCAA starting up and all the leagues in Canada and the other developmentals in the United States. So it's a very exciting week. Yes, it has been a, a very good week. And um, besides my friend passing away, uh, yeah, hockey's back. We got preseason games to talk about. The CHL uh, in the Western Hockey League is already up and running. The um, the Ontario Hockey League is up and running next weekend on the seventh. So we'll be uh, definitely uh, tapped in some Bruins prospect stuff, articles, and uh, hockey talk uh, when that happens. Uh, but before we do get to our show agenda and all the madness that's going to happen from here out, here out, <laughs> I would do want to talk about show sponsored BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football year. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be your number one source for everything football and sports related. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 to receive your bonus. From hockey to football to basketball to boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports favorites. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. All right, we're back, and we were getting ready, all geared up to uh, talk some Boston Bruins hockey. The season is 13 days away. We're less than two weeks away from puck drop on October 16th, and I'm super stoked. So, Heather, as usual, you did a fantastic job on the on the agenda because you know I'm a busy guy, and I'm bouncing all over the place, and I, you know, my ADHD uh, just can't I can't control just one certain area, so I have to have help. And thank you a ton for doing all that great work. I truly appreciate it. Well, thank you. As one kid with ADHD to another, <laughs> it is what it is. So I'm glad we have something. If not, we still manage to get it done for two hours or whatever. Because Exactly. What exactly. That's how we roll. We're just two um, crazy kids talking bees. <laughs> yeah. So most of the talk this week will revolve around uh, we had four preseason games 
Uh, some ups and downs. Uh, the first two games featured a mixed bag of uh, mostly people at the camp that are probably not projected in the lineup, plus a few sprinkles of people who are. Then we saw more of what will probably be our lineup uh, the last two games in versus Philly and the Rangers. But let's get into it. Uh, last week, a couple hours after we finished up here, Mark trying to mad edit this podcast for our five o'clock start. Uh, but the Boston Bruins, we had our first preseason game versus the Washington Capitals last Sunday, and it was victorious three to two. Um, DeBrusque was looking real good. It was the D- Jake DeBrusque, I think, show on Sunday. That was me personally. Uh, John Moore got a couple assists. If John Moore makes the top six defensemen, hey, it's going to be because he actually – He's looks more like John Moore when we signed up to get John Moore. I'm all joking. I know he might not make the lineup. I'm just saying he's actually looked like healthier and more like when we got him in for his contract, which was reasonable until he couldn't necessarily execute uh, on there. And Eric Hall got a goal. So I don't know about you, but overall the first campaign of the year in this preseason, I think they looked pretty good. I thought they did too. Um, winning in a shootout. Jake DeBrusque, welcome back, sir. Um, and I know it's preseason and everybody's, oh, oh, all doing in gloom because it's a preseason game. Let's let's just pump the brakes on on shitting on this kid any further, man. He's just it's a preseason game. He's trying to get back into order. It's gonna be an 82 game schedule. We're getting back to somewhat normalcy with these with these players on this Boston Bruins team. So let's let's cut him a break. This is just this is just great preparation for somebody like him to focus on what's at hand and what him and Bruce Cassidy have talked about recently when it comes to expectations of the year. Um, I want to see this kid bounce back and I want to see him just shove it in everybody's face, to be honest with you. Cause I'm just sick. I, I, nobody can have a happy moment in life anymore without with somebody trashing uh, another po- a person or a player. So I'm really happy for him. You talked about John Moore. What a game for him to come out. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's been injured for a while. Uh, you know, his dollar value is always uh, some a narrative that fans don't like his playing style and so on. But I thought in the in the in the game, uh, especially that first preseason game, he did very well. Nice stretch passes, nice, nice looks at the net, getting pucks to the net that are typical. He doesn't have to like blast that big old huge slap shot all the time, but just like feathering a shot, uh, a wrister that uh, uh, somebody in front of the net can see and, and try to tip in is, uh, is 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 all good in my eyes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was obviously a lot of more uh, prospects and things like that in the lineup. Uh, but I think that Halla and DeBrusque and that they have some chemistry. They looked good when they've been together in practice. They've looked good on the ice so far, uh, whether it's a combination with Felino, whatever, they've mostly kind of been sticking together, but me, I don't understand being mad at Jake DeBrusque for getting better. I mean, I didn't get mad at Nick Ritchie when he played well last year, and I didn't want, I wanted him to be gone. But it's, I understand there's a camp that's just already given up on Jake DeBrusque. And, and we've said, as people who love Jake DeBrusque, if we have to give up on, we will. But Jesus, it's preseason. You're not even giving him a chance. And also, when it comes down to it, it really doesn't matter what all the fans think, anyways, because that's between Sweeney and Cassidy and Jake DeBrusque and his teammates. And, if it was that big of a problem, if the people in the locker room that matter, like the Bergerons of the world, thought it was time to move on, they seem to have had a good amount of influence in the last two transitions kind of seasons with this team to really have a little bit behind the scenes say. And they don't seem like they've given up on their little brother either. So 
everyone calm down. Like we said, worst case scenario, he gets traded at the deadline and whatever. But if he's playing the way he's been playing, we might get 20 goal Jake DeBrusque back and maybe the pressure. I mean, if you think about it, this kid has played his whole career trying to prop the second line up with David Krejci, knowing he's nowhere near David Krejci's caliber. That's not a knock on DeBrusque. That's wow. just a, a pot, you know, just Krejci is an elite type center in this league and had that, you know, so maybe having not as much pressure, maybe scoring a little, everyone feels more relaxed when they score a little bit. Uh, yeah, but I thought overall good campaign. Did any of the um, young kids who probably aren't making the lineup, but were on that ice, anyone stick out? LaSalle had a pretty good. Was yeah, he- that was, um, yeah. Jesper for Odin. I, I, I believe he was in the lineup. I could be wrong. Um, uh, I'm looking at it right now to see if there's, uh, and the, of course there isn't any lineup. Um, because it's preseason and oh, team stats. Uh, yes, he was in the lineup. He uh, had two uh, a shot on goal, but I thought overall that his skating ability and his stick handling was was actually pretty good. So it's good on him for the 26 year old. That's probably going to light up the Providence Bruins um, when the season starts on October 16th. Thought Oscar Steen looked good. Fabian Lasalle showed his speed. Um, I loved Eric Holler's game. Uh, I think he's going to be a real standout and possibly somebody that could uh, really challenge a younger player and and a veteran that's been here for a while for a certain 2C spot. Who knows? Uh, It all depends on how uh, Bruce Cassidy and his coaching staff, you know, plan accordingly. But overall, it was a good game. Um, I, yeah, um, Overall, I just, that's all I got to say about that. It's, it's preseason, yeah. so I'm not all privy on everything that's going on. Uh, One at this thing I moment. oh sorry. One thing I did notice though, because Washington had some people in their lineup, you know, Tom Wilson, like some of their like mainstay players. Where we went light the first two games, some of the players that uh, the teams we played did not go light necessarily, kind of half and half with their roster. And the young kids now, this goes back to we always talk about. You got to know when to when to play that kind of play, but they definitely seem to, especially some of them that may have seen some of the NHL action last year seem to really like, they weren't messing around with defending themselves or protecting each other against, you know, that kind of hard hitting play that we know that Washington, that's what they do. Like whether it's, they're doing it kind of maybe on the not so nice side or just full out playing the way well, they can. So that yeah, didn't work yeah. Unfortunate for Stephen Fogarty, who was signed as a free agent, probably going to be an AHL uh, player. Uh, at least he got some uh, some NHL time in preseason. But he looks like he got his bell rung. He was yeah, um, run into by I think it uh, I don't remember who the player was, was. I think it was Ryan Mc Mc Oh McElrath McElrath yeah. yeah 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 Dylan McElrath whatever and something like that he got suspended two preseason two regular season games yeah. without pay which obviously to a player like that now on one hand this is the type of player who's probably trying to take get some notice and get some attention we talked about this like trying Frederick knowing which you know find the line uh, at the yeah. same time this is a stupid way to start your preseason uh yeah. at the NHL thing and hopefully Fogarty's all right because we know he's gonna probably be around within yep. this you know the bigger clubs. Uh, but yeah. So anyways, player safety actually did something. Yeah. I can't believe thing. it. Um, wow. Now that they've like adjusted the cross checking quote unquote, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But uh, I guess they're trying to at least come out strong and say, we're not going to tolerate illegal checking and stuff like that this year. And we'll see how long that holds, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad. And also 
sets the pace, right? You got to set the pace that we always say, like, just like the refs control the game. Well, the NHL controls the rules and the refs need to know what exactly are the stupid rules to enforce before they start ignoring them or just whatever. So, all right. So that being said on Tuesday, we played, uh, versus the Rangers. I thought this game was the shakiest myself. I thought was the shakiest game of the week. Uh, Vakanainen got a goal. Stadnika got a goal. LaSalle and Riley got assist on the Stadnika roll. Uh, we lost three to two. I wouldn't say I thought that they, and again, another cast that featured a lot of like, you know, Providence players and prospects. I did not, this was not my favorite game of the week as for overall team play. Again, I'm not on anyone. It's preseason. I'm not one of those psychos that think this is going to dictate anybody's seasons for the year, but um, Stanika, he had his moments. We, had, you know, some people were buzzing, but goaltending was a little iffy at times. And that was just my observation, but. Could have been worse. The Rangers seem to have our number this week. <laughs> yeah, this Tuesday matchup last week was, um, to me, the most heavy laden when it when it comes to younger talent and evaluation um, and an evaluation game during this uh, preseason as it continues. Uh, I was quite surprised. But then again, I really wasn't when I heard that the following game was going to be much more, you know, veteran heavy as we get closer to the regular season. So, uh, good experience for everybody there. Um, I thought some some players um, did okay. I thought uh, Sidnika played. Um, you know, he was noticeable, definitely noticeable. We'll talk about the other games that are coming up with him in it and so on. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just like the the idea that that these kids are getting these types of opportunities because this is what feeds the wolves right here. When you're a young man, you want that limelight, you want the NHL time. And this is just a great stepping stone for them to, you know, increase their workouts wherever they go worldwide, whether you go to the AHL, whether you're back in the juniors or whatever. Uh, this is just a great experience for them to to take a little bite and and see how much of a bigger um, buffet bite you can get when you actually get an opportunity to play an NHL game. So great experience overall. Uh, I know a lot of fans are like, geez, where's this person? Where's that person? You know, it's just this is this is the time to evaluate it's not about wins and losses right now it's about getting your legs underneath you and um and learning the systems so um yeah i mean even though it was a uh, an exhibition loss three to two against the rangers it was still a good experience moving forward i definitely agree that's and again we will specifically kind of talk about like centers or whatever and stanika after we talk about the games themselves and we tap back to some of those but I think that in the past, we've complained that some of these prospects, and I know Stanik is one of those ones on the line. He's not quite a prospect, you know, but in the, what, but actually using the opportunity to show off. Wherever you land, use the opportunity to your fullest. So this has been the complaint with like Stanika and, you know, whatever. We've lost a few that we've given away over, you know, but using the time that you're on the ice to really show, not just for two games and you're flashy and then you kind of fade off and whatever. So whether Sidney can, oh. again, we'll talk about, he really has been using this opportunity to look, make himself look in the past where players like Sidney haven't necessarily, you see them and you're like, yeah, no, they're not ready for me. I'm still on the fence with him, you know? And again, that's not my call. It's obviously, Butch Cassie's call, but he looks much more NHL ready to me because this is the, what we talk about. You can look great in Providence, but if it doesn't translate all the way, it's almost counterproductive to their development in the team's Right, system. right. That's oh, I, do, I do want to touch on one thing on this Rangers game. Your back mm -hmm. at 9 and I thought played very well. Um, a big boom in shot for a goal. 
Uh, what a face-off win by by Sidnika to get it right to him, and it was almost like um, everybody was frozen. Like the mm. the the face-off was won, the the puck just skitters over to like the uh, the top of the circle, and then Vakaninen just had so much time to release it, and I thought he looked pretty good, and, and um, you know I, I thought it would continue, but it just seemed like he's getting back on track with these up and down roller coaster events of um, of his you know, short pro career so far. So just wanted to say something about Vakaninen. No, that's a good point. I think this is the most relaxed he's looked in like an NHL game. That's a great word. Yeah. Like just, and I'm not, it's not a judgment on him. I mean, it is hard to like, suddenly you're in the line, you know, but he hasn't got a lot of looks really to be the filling because Clifton's always played up and down, you know, and now he's moved up. And so I think, it also is he hasn't had enough experience in that game. And I think it was a good situation where it was kind of his peers. He wasn't thrown into the fire with the starting lineup and everything else. And I, I agree with you with the up and down thing. Like, I don't know what to do with him. When we first drafted him, I was like, look at this giant fin that is just going to bulldozer people or like not even yeah. bulldozer, but, you know, put his big ass in front of the net, whatever. And he goes up and down. It's like, I, another one, I don't want to give up on you. Like, I think that you could be a good serviceable defenseman, but at the same time, like I need him to have more opportunities to try and work it out or figure it out. But yeah, no, that was a good point. Vac looked pretty good. Um, all right. So then we went on to Thursday in which we played the Philadelphia Flyers. We hosted them at home, big four to two win. This was the first one that, uh, Mostly had what will probably be our, you know, projected normal roster. Uh, also, some of the kids, we can talk about this later. I didn't know if you wanted to touch on later on any of, but, you know, camp's kind of wrapping. Some people have to go back to their respective clubs they're signed with. So the cast of characters at training camp plus sort of cut things uh, have really started to happen. But this was the first game that we saw our most beloved people. Um so far, uh, and I, no one's shocked to find that Marshawn got a power play goal that came from Taylor Hall. Uh, Craig Smith scored on the power play from Felino and Halla. Uh, Carlo in, scored from Hall and Pasternak, and Jake DeBrus scored again from Halla. Again, good chemistry going with that line. This was the game of the week to me, though, because it had our cast of characters in. Top line's obviously doing top line things. Uh, second line we know is in flux until whatever, but we looked like we are going to, we're going to get that chemistry to get the four lines rolling the same four line, you know, this, that's how you win championships, right? Yeah. We keep talking about that. And I think some of these young kids, especially in the like Felino and Holla and them, not that Felino's that young or neither is Holla, but you know what I mean? Like in our system, as for newer players, I guess is what I'm trying to say into the system. They're looking like they belong here. You know, and whether that's because they they've played with some other people that are also on the team, so they feel a little more comfortable. It's not like walking totally into locker room. If that's just how the locker room is, is so encompassing and pulls you in and kind of makes you part of the team right away. I don't know, but I liked what I saw, and I know it can't always be that thing, but that was a pretty good game, I thought. If this game for me, when we're talking about um, the second line C, it's still a mystery of what's going on here because this is this particular game I didn't find very comforting, in my opinion, from Jack Sidnika. I thought that this was a big um, game for him to get more involved. 
um, with uh, members like Hall and Smith and so on. And, you know, he skated well and so on, but there were times that um, he was getting pushed off the puck. There were times when he was on the puck and, and, and had some good board battles, but it was just too much up and down for me. And it was even uh, um, explained by Bruce Cassidy that he's really got to get that, that defend that defensive style of his game back in to be a permanent line, um, a permanent member of this NHL lineup paraphrasing there a little bit with, uh, with uh, Cassidy's quote, but um, you know, it's just, well, it remains to be seen what's going to happen on the open day roster, but, and we'll definitely do um, our projections when we get closer to the, uh, the October 16th uh, puck drop. But uh, you know, it's just, um, these are the ways that things work uh, in preseason. It's just, you see who meshes well with who um, the chemistry thing and, and, you know, time together, camaraderie and all that stuff. It just pays dividends when you're trying to, uh, you know, um, accomplish goals in every uh, regular season and hopeful upcoming playoffs. Yeah. That's a, one of the things I have with Stadnika though, right? Like I like Jack Stadnika and I think that he has a lot of great qualities, but the inconsistency of how good he looks when he's comfortable and really pushing himself, say on Tuesday's game or whatever, versus now he's in with a lot more NHL like already NHL players and he still struggles at times to catch up. Right. So in this situation, it's not like when we've seen him before, like maybe the second line is a little too much, you know, to go more than a couple games, things like that. He's been playing too at times kind of where he would be projected in the lineup. Right. So he's playing with people like Hala or someone that you might miss and match on the second and third line, whereas where you would want him to probably land. And that's the thing is that it's like, I don't know if it's like that makes it doesn't make him nervous. That's probably not the right word, but like it's almost like vulnerable. And now I'm more vulnerable, but instead of just still believing he can do it, right? He kind of backs off a little of the same play where you might have seen on Tuesday that you were like, yeah, dude, like battle hard. I, I don't know. So for me, I just, I don't know. It's like I want him to be NHL ready, but I'm just still not sure if. He quite is. But again, it's training camp. And I don't mean that I'm not making judgment calls. I just sit and watch what everyone does. We know who 18 of the 22 players or whatever will be. So we'll work it out from there. Uh, And then we did have one more game um, yesterday. Uh, Things fall apart game. That's what I wanted to call that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about goaltending a little was kind of hot, cold back forth. Obviously we had like 19 different goalies rotating in and out, but as for, we'll talk about Swayman and Allmark because they're the two that will be actually in the net. But uh, yesterday's game was weird in which they didn't look really, really good or really bad, but they definitely fell apart at the end. Mm. That that was just my assessment. Um, It was pretty easy. I don't mean even, but just like this, the score wasn't crazy out of control. It was pretty even between the two teams, but yeah, that was an epic fall apart. But that being said, Pasternak scored a power play goal from Bergeron and McAvoy. Bergeron scored from Riley and Marshawn and Marshawn already starting his shorthanded nonsense. He likes to do just kidding from Lyle and Stadnika. So Brady, good on Brady Lyle getting a, an NHL preseason assist. Good for you, sir. Yes. Yeah. Uh, his game's definitely coming around. Um, and th- he was kind of a, a no-show in the beginning of the preseason. 
I'm not sure if that's because they wanted to get extra looks at somebody else because they're so high on him. But uh, I thought that he would be in the lineup a little more often. But when he did get in there, I thought he did pretty well. Uh, so work in progress. Still have him uh, not making the uh, NHL roster and playing down to Providence and playing a huge role for Ryan Mujanel and his new um, head coach. So uh, remains to be seen what happens and where uh, Brady Lyle goes because he's got a big year of evaluations coming up. This is the last year of under contract, I believe. So uh, he's got a lot of maturing to do and, um, you know, especially on and off that blue line. And um, I think that, you know, him and Ashan are going to play a, a significant role as the uh, as the top uh, defensive pairing for the Providence Bruins. Excellent. Uh, yeah, but we we can't even in the preseason fall apart at the end like we did. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Really and bad it, mistakes, and it's not just on the goaltender. It was also mm-hmm. on one of our um, superstar forwards. Um, you know, you listen to Bruce Cassidy after that game. Pasternak could have freaking made a several decisions instead of just firing it back to to the goalie that was in net last night. We'll talk about this later on, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's just there was there could have been other ways that this could have been done and avoided, so – um, you know, and but this is the, these are the times when you make those mistakes and you have the time to to work on them because it's preseason. You don't have to just jump on a plane and and head to the next city and like like the regular season. You don't have time to really think about it and make adjustments. So uh, I, I would almost guarantee that you will not see that again this season. I um, it's one of those things that reminds you every now and then that sometimes pasta is like. He's not a he's not a solid decision maker in the way Bergeron is. Or he's human. Taylor Hall, right? He and, and that's also probably age. What is he? 24, 25. But right. like that's one thing I need to see Pasternak more to be able to like. With, I'm not saying that he can't make decisions. I don't mean it like that. But just like decide in the moment what is the best defensive thing or what the best. Even though you're a forward, I need you to be more of a. De- how to protect your goal. Like you said, you didn't have to go backwards. You could have had other options and making the best option instead of maybe what the easiest, most reactive option is, which he does sometimes. But this goes yeah. back, like we talk about how pasta is like on fire and then sometimes he disappears and we're like, is he tripping over the blue line? What is going on? Uh, so hopefully he works those kinks out, but really learns from Brad, you know, that part of his game learned from Brad and Patrice as well of how to be, finish rounding out how you are because that dude is a stud. And, you know, if he finishes rounding out, he's going to hell of a hell of a next 10 years of his career. Yeah. All right. Uh, that, that, that particular game and that decision, that was all North South and he had no, he had no, um, ill. Uh, no, that's a pretty bad word to even start with, but he had no desire to go East and West and make a better play. So, I, I thought it was just like, hey, my uh, my fellow Euro goalie down there wants to get in the play. Maybe he's got a one time shot from the uh, from the goal line. But it was just, in my opinion, kind of kind of a stupid play. And had it worked, and he had blasted one end to end, it would have been a spectacular ending, but yes. not so much. So he ain't no Ron Hextall. Take it easy, girl. Yeah, slow it down. <laughs> you ain't no Hextall. You ain't no Marty Brodor. You're no Pecorini. Slow it down. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Billy Smith <laughs> and blah blah blah. <laughs> okay. Um, that being said, I thought that we could maybe talk a little bit about studs and duds. Now, as this is preseason, you don't have to be locked into necessarily one if you have a couple that you are kicking. Uh, 
either way, but who, you know, who's the player that impressed you or you feel deserves the stud title this week or a couple? Um, Ooh, I really should have thought more about this one, but I, I, I I'm just going to go out of left field and I want to say John Moore. I've been really impressed with the way he came into playing these games fresh off of an injury, um, worked hard over the off season, it, it seems. Um, but also the way he explained his game after to the media and, and accepting the role that he's probably not going to be in the lineup on a constant basis, but th- that doesn't mean that he cannot continue to work hard and impress the uh, Bruins staff to possibly get into that, you know, that third pairing um, more often, you know, it, it's, I believe that that third pairing is going to be um, the constant battle uh, rotationary defenseman that if you're showing it in practice over another player, you're going to get the opportunity to play. And he might be that type of person uh, player that can uh, really show his skills and and uh, the Bruins brass that he belongs more often, whether it happens or not, I'm just saying. Um, but no, it's, it's good on him. It's a feel good story for him because he's been so injured so often since he came to Boston in that New Jersey uh, was it a free agent signing or was it trade? Oh, it was a free agent signing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, good on him. So I'm going to give him my stud of the week, my dud of the week, to be honest with you. And, and I'm not sure where uh, maybe I'm missing something about Stadnika and where he's going to land up. I mean, I, I, I have him scheduled and it's not because I hate the player or anything like that. I just, yeah. I, I just have him in Providence as first line minutes because of what, the Bruins did during the offseason, but uh, he needs to really show me more that he really wants to be that type of player at that level. Um, right now, I mean, we have no Shik and and I don't see him beating anybody out. But to me, he just he basically looked like a fourth line player. I'm probably going to get hate for this, but I just didn't I don't see uh, I don't see a lot of what I really want to get blown away by Jack. And I know he can do it. I know he can do it. <laughs> I just, I, I just have a feeling that there's a lot of pressure um, on his shoulders to make the lineup and so on. But um, I don't know. It's kind of a tough one for me. I'm probably a little harsh on the on the dud this week. I get it. I know that there's there's other ones. Yeah, I mean, let's let's do Sitnika slash Olmark. How's that for the dud of the week? Because I was less impressed. Um. I am going to stick with Jake DeBrusque as the stud of the week. And that's probably just yeah. because he looked more like Jake DeBrusque this week. He got himself some goals. He He's laughing again, like he's smiling out there. And so for me, I'm going to give him stud of the week just because Jake DeBrusque got through one whole week without anyone but idiots giving reason to hammer him. That's why. And hopefully he does stay off of Twitter because – now there's a whole crew, <laughs> the same crew that was pissed that he wasn't playing well last year is now pissed that he is playing. You know, yeah. he played well this week. I, I mean, again, it's a, cons- we don't know. It's obviously the first week, but I mean, it could die off, but I don't know. My dad of the week, I don't, I don't, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, the easy out would say not just Olmark, but kind of generally goaltending was, and again, that goes for other people rotating with Swayman and whatever, because Swayman gave up a couple th- like, Swayman had a few moments in net that I was like, oh, good, because now people can see he's a human and just like one kid who's really awesome from Alaska and is going to be a fabulous goaltender. But um, he's got to take some licks, too. Right. Uh, But I 
I don't want to say Stanika is my dad of the week, but again, because he still fails to really get my attention. Like, you know how I feel like I love Chris Wagner, but I obviously understand he might not be in the lineup. But at the same time, you're not doing enough to make me want to replace Norshik or Lazar or anyone because the chances of you becoming a center on this team right now are slim. If Stanika comes up permanently, it's probably going to be on one of the wing sides if Charlie Coyle gets healthy. And that's what I'm still suffering with because I think Jackson Nick is a lot like Charlie Coyle. When you bring him out of that center position, he sometimes struggles out of there. So again, I don't mean it in a bad dud way, just more of like, I guess, like you were saying, I feel like you could impress me more. I want you to be really good, but I'm going, you're just the same as some of the other players. Uh, that we've let go over the last few years because you're just, you know, his trajectory is not going as high as fast as I think it should be at this point. And right. like many of those draftees in that era. So that's that. Um, I don't know, but overall, not too bad for preseason. We have a lot more stuff coming up. It's weird that there's like the, it's all top heavy for the preseason games. And then the six, we only have two more to go. And then there's 10 days before the actual which is kind of funny because normally they do the preseason games, I feel, a little later and have less of a gap before the actual Yeah, games, because but... you get, you're going to be fresh. I mean, even if you yeah. like, even if your last preseason game was on the 14th on Thursday, you have the 15th day off. You're going to be in Boston no matter what. You're getting prepared to play the Dallas Stars on the 16th on Saturday. But, I mean, that's just freshness right there. What is up with one, two, three, four, well, five, six, seven, eight, nine days between the Capitals well, game, the final the final preseason game on Wednesday the 6th, 10 days later, are you going to play the I, – I just don't get it. Well, the NHL opens up on the 12th is why. But it still doesn't make sense why the last so the Bruins can't game. get in. the Bruins can't get into any games before that on the 11th? Well, that's what I mean, though, is I, it must be a scheduling thing because I, I don't know why there can't be a game on the ninth instead. Or you would think that you'd want the teams to all have something a little closer so they're more in game ready, warm, like you were saying. I don't know why that is. I think our gap's that big because we start four days after everybody else. Um, but, yeah, that is weird to me. It's like so you have a super intense like – preseason schedule where every other game or every three days you're playing a game and then everyone's cooling down and just hanging out. So that being said, we may see like team schedule practice scrimmages against each other, things like that. Cause sometimes that happens. I don't know what the rules are within the NHL and the contracts or whatever with the teams, but yeah, that is a big gap, but I agree with you. It's like, if the season doesn't open till the 12th for the NHL, why can't teams be playing? I don't know if it's because that's Columbus Day weekend and then people are complaining about whatever. I don't know. Uh, we're not in the room. But, yeah, that kind of annoys me. Like, why would you have so much of a gap? It's weird. And we are obviously starting a little later, but that still doesn't make sense. Um, I just want to talk about Brandon Carlo for a minute. We've had some I, – I didn't have it on here, but specifically, we've had some people wearing the A this week. Uh, on their chest and Brandon Carlo had made some comments during one of his pressers that he wants to have a shooter's mentality this year. And I like that because I think that shows like Brandon Carlo is good at what he does. Like we talk about, he's a good stand up defenseman, like that classical kind of blue liner, but 
I like he feels like he has more to offer offensively, which is not really something he's ever aggressively pursued since he came here as a young buck of 19 or whatever. Uh, so I don't know what you thought about those comments, but that made me feel happy because you know what? If we could roll some offense on all three defensive pairings too, that would make, you know, we always bitch that the forwards aren't doing enough defensively and it'd be great if some of those forwards could do something offensively. I mean, defensemen could do something offensively. What I like about his comments is he wants to be more engaged in the game on both sides of the puck, be that mm-hmm. shutdown defenseman, but also be that benefiting factor of a blue liner that has the ability to pinch in when needed um, and not do it, not commit fully where you're going to leave your partner in crime on the blue line, you know, shorthanded and, and things don't, don't look good going the other way. But I, I just like the way Brandon has been real, has been a real leader lately and, and speaking uh, like he did about him and shooting more and so on is just, he just great things to hear for his progression moving forward as he continues to be a veteran in this league. You know, he's a younger player. We get it, but he's been around for a little while. Came out of the, came out of the dub right out of tri city and went right into the NHL where I thought, he was going to at least spend a, uh, a year with Providence. But, you know, the injuries and so on, it just seems like he's getting more uh, apt to playing at a, at a higher level. And I love to see it. And and I love the way that he just wants to get more involved. Because um, when when you hear that from players and, and a full lineup, I mean, it's just going to – it speaks volumes. It really does. So hopefully uh, everything works out for him. And he actually does that. He works with – uh, you know, Kevin Dean, the defensive coach, and, and gets those pucks through. You know, you don't have to – I mean, he does have a booming shot. I, I, I've i got to give him that. But for him, I want to see him get more engaged into being more mobile for a bigger defenseman along the blue line and also um, have that intelligence and, and, um, and vision to see where his players are if they're down low and, uh, and the net front presence, put it that way. And just kind of like filter one in. That's going to be fast enough um, that your opposing players are not going to be able to get a stick on it, but slow enough that your your guy out front that's creating havoc is going to have an opportunity to tip it or basically get a rebound for a second opportunity. And some of that goes back to just the structure that through his career we've kind of had, right? We've always had an offensive and those pairings, like we always talk of a bigger guy versus whatever. So it's nice to see that he's like, we always talk about when, you know, Chara walked and signed with Washington, how different that uh, made for Charlie Coyle, right. For his development and him really stepping up and taking on certain roles uh, that whether I know some people like he was being impeded to, but I think some of those things were also just with age and maturity, you open up these assets. I'm glad to see Carlo is not sitting back now that he is a veteran and that, He sees that, you know what, before maybe my job was just kind of to be more of the stay at home, supportive, defensive, but he always was paired with people like Krug and people, you know, or Grizz that they're more offensive minded defensemen. So I think he can do good because he does have a really good shot. Like you said, don't overdo it, right? Your job isn't to be the offensive. You're not trying to be Ray Bork, right? Like who just has a net, you know. You're being Brandon Carlo, but that gives him something to round out his game for the rest of his career, too, and give himself more valuable. uh, You think about the game different, right, when you're thinking it from different sides. And good for Brandon, because I really do love him, and I think he should always have the A, but now that, you know, Krejci's not – 
here, but that's just me. I know everyone has their opinions on who they think the new A should go to, but I think that Brandon Carlo has shown in his six, seven years, whatever it's been, it's been forever, seven years almost. I, I think it might be. I, I got my numbers confused in my head, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of growth for this kid too. And we need it, right? Like, cause you are the friggin' veteran defenseman now besides John Moore, but yeah. he's not always in the lineup. Like you right. are the, you are the Chara now on the back end as for wise. Even, old even McAvoy during these uh, preseason games got a little bit of the A on him. So that it, it's always good to see. Yeah. I, I know it's an unpopular opinion. I still would give Carlo the A and not Charlie, not because I don't, I think someday he'll be the captain of the team, but not right now. Um, to but, me, it's uh, tenure. Yeah. Go with yeah, go no. with uh, Carlo first, and then your next best option is going to be definitely uh, Charlie McAvoy. Oh, well, we're saying um, just while we're talking about Carlo, he also made some comments about Swayman, like just kind of like this, like just in summary, kind of like, dude, this kid is so calm and cool. Like he's so good, well put together mentally. Like I can learn a lot from him, basically alluding like, Sometimes you have the, sometimes the older players learn from the younger players, right? And yep. you learn how to grow and change. And I just thought that that was a nice compliment for a veteran to give, you know, again, we don't know Swayman in the end. We know he's awesome. He plays real sexy mostly, but he is a young kid. And I think for him, as confident as he is, that doesn't mean that hearing someone like Brandon Carlo be like, this kid is like right where I'm trying to be. Like, I want right. to be like him. That's a good confidence booster for the younger kids. So just wanted to mention that we were there. Uh, well, let's let's kind of get back to the set, the center position and or cuts or whatever. But so Charlie Coyle is out of his no contact or non contact jersey. So maybe now that we do have preseason game tomorrow and on Wednesday, we'll talk about that. Maybe Coyle's getting ready to really start getting involved in practices. Now we don't know. That just means he can be out there in the general group and maybe take some of those kind of reps. But do you think Coyle, I guess I have a couple of questions for you. I didn't know quite how to approach the actual topic, but, you know, cuts are happening. People are going back to their, um, you know, like everyone, you know, LaSalle's going, he's in WHL, that's happening as much as you think he might do it. He's not doing it right now. Um, does this change Danica's chances of getting on this team as a full-time lineup due to the fact that the center position is kind of tight. We also got uh Hala and Felino, other people from the outside that can also play that. Do you think Jackson Nikas either make a center position or he's lost out because there's too many wing options? Like I, just how people are playing. Cause like you said, there are third and fourth liners that are playing perfectly solid. Like you, we are going to want them to play. And, does that change and coil beaming back change the trajectory of Jackson Nika? I don't believe so. And I, honestly, I'm just going to throw it out there. Hot takery, hot takery from Mr. Mark over here at black and gold two seven, seven. If you do not like what I'm talking about, you can always at me and I'll probably just ignore you, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will engage That's a little right. bit. Um, I don't see him playing up the middle at all. There's a lot of people that says he'd be a fir uh, perfect fourth line player. To me, if Jackson Nick is going to uh, take over the uh, the Thomas Noshek uh, center position, I don't want to see that at all. I want I would rather see his minutes be played in Providence on first line and being point productive and gaining confidence that way, and not being like 
ragdolled all the time. I know he's gained 15 pounds and everybody's all bulky bulk. Let's get all bulk in this and so on. I'm not, you know, whatever. It's just, uh, I honestly think that the center, the second uh, line center is going to consist of um, multiple players. It's either going to be Charlie Coyle um, or Eric Holler. I think they're going to rotate. I think so, too. I really like what I see from Eric Hall. I like the speed. I like his creativity. I like his sauce pass. He's got that Mark Savard type of, woo, mm-hmm. I just faked you out, and then, bam, somebody goes in for a goal. Um, but I, I really like his his competitiveness. That's the biggest thing for me right now is he's just when – and it's preseason. I get it. Pump the brakes, everybody. I, I totally get it. Yeah, but we're still, on that. <laughs> I know, but still, these are good things you want to see from a, a complimentary player like that. So I, I can actually see Halla playing a bigger role than Studnika and Coyle uh, on that second line between Hall and Smith. That'd be a, a kind of a lightning freaking um, uh, lineup. But it's not a bad idea to have this set in depth with the guys, the, the pieces that you have, including Charlie Coyle, who has been known to play that puck possession game, not very point savvy and so on. He goes through streaks of, of unpleasant freaking struggles and so on. We get it, but you know, there's still not a bad place for him to go on that third C. We've seen it before. He can drive the line and you put Jake Dabrowski and, and Nick Felino on that line too, which is we've seen those two, so far, I, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, you know, Nick's been a really good presence, a veteran presence, and so on. So, I mean, there's so many things that that you can do with this lineup. The fourth line, obviously, I still do want to see. Are we going to talk about Frederick later? Yeah, I thought no. we could revisit if you okay. want. I, I just thought kind of we could generally talk about things like that. So if we want to talk a little bit more about, because that was part of the thing I was asking you about the wing, because now I'm like, yeah. now I feel like. And I'll, sa- I'll save it for later. We'll just stick yeah. to the third line right now. And if if uh, Charlie Coyle needs to go down there because he's not cutting it um, at 2C, then there's not a bad spot for him. But I also want to emphasize again, because everybody knows how I feel about this. Whatever the lineup consists of moving forward, Charlie Coyle should not be on the right side. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's keep him up the middle. That's where he loves to be. It just seems like that's where he thrives the most. Um, I know he's a big body. He's got that big ass and so on that could, you know, play that heavy boardy style game. But it's not something I want to see on a consistent basis because most of the times he looks like a deer in headlights uh, on the right side. Yeah, I definitely would prefer... Say Stadnika and Coyle both make this lineup. I would much rather Charlie Coyle stay at center because that's where he seems the most comfortable. And I think where he's the most versatile, where he does fit in kind of wherever. Uh, if there's an injury to Bergeron, he's filled in in the top line. Okay, you know, this and that. I, I do think him and Holler are gonna Holler are going to rotate for second and third line depending on play. You know what I mean? Kind of like you ride your hot goaltender. Will you ride your hot two and three centers? I also think that Cassidy needs to, this is something I'm sure they're working on. I just mean from like, we talked about this. Stop mixing things up and messing up chemistry to the point that now it's like you have to re-gel. If, you, if you're if you rotating, say, Holla and Coyle between second and third, but you're pretty consistent with like Felino's playing on that third line with the brush, so it's not going to be so weird because Jake DeBrusque has played with you know, coil before he knows what to expect from him a little more. I'm sure fully know he's a veteran. He's ha- if he gets some reps with him, you know, 
it's a little easier for the veteran players, even it gives flexibility. My thing is that I, I like Nosek. I do like him. But again, now we have kind of a hot mess of what do you do with Stanika? Does Frederick go back down? Does this? Because you're not going to bench Nick Felino over Thomas Nosek. You know what I mean? Like if you want to yeah. move him down. And you're certainly not going to bench Nosek over, say, Jack Stanika or Trent Frederick. So it's a very weird situation. That being said, Lazar I did not love as much as I normally do this week. So that's a whole other thing. If he's not as consistent as what we expect for him, that's a whole other spot that isn't locked down. So I, I do feel like after a week of preseason and we're two weeks into training camp, it's still hard to figure out what to do with the bottom two lines as for giving people opportunity. And then, as you know, there's all the two way, one way, this way, that way that you have to consider. I mean, Stanika or whoever, like some of them, I just don't know if they're ready, but I hate to say that and then have some of these people, I think, just because they have the veteran presence might be a little better and then get bit in the ass with that, you know, because you don't want to put a $3 million contract. It's like I said, if I'm going to put a contract up on the ninth floor, I'd rather it be Chris Wagner. He's a 1.5 mil and at least he's played with this team. So if he doesn't play for nine games, it's not going to take him much to just do the little that he's been known to do in that right. place. So. I don't know. Did you want to talk about Trent Frederick? We can do that. We have a little bit of time before break. Honestly, um, I'm not. Freddy. I'm not. I'm not on the Freddie uh, hate train uh, at all. Um, but I do uh, understand that there are times of struggle, um, and you know he's got to find his game offensively and physically. And this, I thought, was would have been the time for him to really prove that he can he can do both in front of Bruins brass and, and secure a spot on that fourth line. But as of right now, I don't think he's earned it. I think there's still time to go. You have two more preseason games. You still have um, a bunch of, uh, you know, practice sessions, team bonding opportunities and so on before the 16th, the puck drop. So that, I mean, there is time to get it going, um, but I haven't really seen much from, from Freddie. And, like I said, I, I like I like Trent and everything like that. And I want to see him do good. I want to see him excel. I want to see him just shut the mouths of all these people that just, you know, they hammer him because he's he's a first round pick and he hasn't panned out. Then it filters down to management and how Sweeney sucks at drafting. You know, it's just it's just maddening. But I really do want to see him do good because he's a good kid. He's got a tremendous heart. I know it's there. Let's put it all together before the 16th and um, you know, let's, let's freaking go because I, I know he's got the capabilities to do it. I just, I really want to see it. Now, as you know, I, you, I know you love Freddie. I'm indifferent to Freddie. I just want anybody on my team to not suck. You know, I like want them to do their job, whatever kind of situation. I think he looked, I don't know if maybe because it's a crowded field to compete out for the spots, but I don't feel he looks as comfortable as he did last year where we had a little more opening and we needed some people to fill some spots. Uh, I don't know if that's a good explanation, but like we talked about with Sneka, sometimes when the pack gets a little tight, he backs off a little of what is the good qualities of his game. And like you said with Freddie, he's trying to figure out the physicality versus the offensive style, what role is and all players do this, right? Like what role do I have to show that is the role they need the most and stick out at that so that they'll pick me. Um, so I guess my question to you is, so I'm not saying against Trent Frederick, but like 
in the long scheme, like Trent Frederick and Jackson Nika are going to be long shots to make. I know there are many people that they just want them. And some of that's just because they've been waiting around like you, you love Trent Frederick. It's like people like who love Trent Frederick. Some of that's just, they just want to see him get that chance. You know, same thing with Stanika. I do not understand the, as well as they, the people have played, I don't understand the total infatuation or the hate. Neither of those two players, especially this week, it's been kind of hot cold with how much people love them. I do think, though, neither of you are probably making this lineup. But if one of them's making it over the other, given what they've shown this week and through camp so far, Stanika is making it over Frederick. And that yeah. might come down to needing the more, yeah. you know, even though they both can move in different positions, overall, Stanika probably has a more rounded skill set where we have shored up a little bit down on the other lines. But I don't know. It's such a hard call, right? Because you hate to not let them have the opportunity. But at the same time, if they're going to perform and get more development and more frequent play in Providence, you're not going to – like they're not benching Eric Halla over Trent Frederick kind of thing. Yeah, you know? I, know. So I know. It might be better just all around for them to play in Providence and get called up as necessary because we know we can depend on them in short bursts when we need to already. And then maybe next year they make the yeah, full timeline. I, I do want to give a shout-out to the Short Shift podcast. They put out an episode last week. Uh, shout out to um, uh, host, main host, um, Thomas Nystrom. Hopefully he's feeling better, guy. Um, thoughts with you, buddy, if you're still feeling like crap. But um, uh, the other two hosts, they they went on with the show and did mention, I mean, they're, they're not, you know, Trent Frederick apologists, let's put it that way. But they did bring up a valid point that when he was placed in, in, and had penalty killing uh, duties, that he was pretty good at at, at that at that particular uh, game and, um, and um, on the special team. So uh, and I actually went back and watched the game over again to see what they was, what they were seeing. And yeah, I, I could definitely see it, but uh, I just want him to get it. I really do. And, and uh, if it's not going to happen, then, then maybe he's, he's going to be that type of leverage trade piece along with a, a student to, you know, possibly get like a, um, a top end D later on in the, uh, in the season. Um, but who knows? I mean, we still have to, you know, get the first pre, uh, first, uh, regular season game underway and actually see what we have, uh, for the old eye test, uh, moving forward. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah, it is just, it's a very interesting situation. We're so used to not having enough, um, choices for how we want our depth to look like. Now we have the opposite problem. Now, that being said, as someone who has no emotional attachment to any of them necessarily, besides I do like Zach Sanderson, even though I know he's probably never making the actual Bruins, I'm glad he's sticking around to at least be around. Um, I do think, unlike some people, it's not going to be the most tragic thing that's ever happened if Jackson, Nika, and Trent Frederick have to go down to Providence and only come up when needed. Um, that be If they blow him away the last two weeks or whatever, then... It is what it is. You know what I mean? But I, I got to be honest. I don't think they're going to send Wagner down to Providence, even just for a cap reason, just to let one of them have their crack at the NHL. No one, it's a business. This goes back to what you always say a business, right? Like we yeah. as fans or coaches, like you can like a player, like I'm sure Cassidy loves Jake DeBrus, but that doesn't mean he does like he's called him out. He's also yep. said, I love you and I want you to do well. Same thing. Teammates, right? They can only like mm, so much, but I think we put too much, too high of expectations sometimes on 
what we've decided in our own minds. I know I do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like my well, I, I, I've been guilty of it many times myself, you know. Um, but when you're talking about Jack, uh, Jack yeah, Zach's initiation, um, you know, I, I, I did like the resign. I, I know folks went up and, um, you know, went up in an uproar when it, when it became official, but, um, yeah, I just, I like you, I don't see him making this opening night roster, which unfortunately is going to put him through the waiver process. Now it remains to be seen. Uh, let's, let's put it this way. He's going to be a fantastic piece to a Providence Bruins team this season that's going to be absolutely stacked and could seriously challenge for a Calder Cup uh, championship. But if they go, if he has to go through the waiver process, he could sneakily get through because there might be higher priorities on the pecking order for the other 32 team, other 31 teams out in the NHL that want to get higher talent with more, a little bit more NHL experience. But for a team out there that, might need a fast guy that's got a good stride, decent hands, and a better opportunity for NHL success. They could take a flyer on him, absolutely. You know, me ultimately, I just want to see every hockey player that has the opportunity to at least get to the NHL uh, succeed. You know, you never want to kick a guy when he's down, but you know, maybe Zach's NHL uh, career could be much more relevant if he was with another program, another system that fits him a little bit more and so on. Um, but you know, it is what it is that that's the role of the dice when you, t- when you make a draft pick and uh, he was a reach, we got to admit he was a reach. So. And I think it's important just we're getting close to break. Um, yep. But so to not go on, cause the next topic will be, we'll discuss the goaltending a little bit and we'll see how your brain mulls that over from this week. But um. I think it's important for everyone to remember as much as you love fill in the blank, right? I've certainly had my people. Um, there are only a couple hundred players that get to be NHL players a year. and fifty, I believe. Yeah. Everyone else has to play professional hockey at some other level or in a college level or in whatever, in one of the many, many, many leagues around the world. But it is, there's a reason the NHL is the elite of the elite, okay? So as much as we might love a player, sometimes they're not quite ready to be in that 750-whatever elite of elites. Sometimes they need to just be the, for now, I just have to work my best in the role I have, and when I come up, do my best to not remind everyone why I did not make the lineup in the first place. That's all I want to say. Also, as we go to break before the next topic, which is going to be goaltending, I just want to remind everyone because I've been watching the history of swearing on Netflix, which is the greatest thing because apparently oh, biologically I am hardwired that swearing makes me feel better. And that explains why I have such a potty mouth. <laughs> it's fucking preseason people. Everyone calm down. All right. It's we could look. I mean, we're a team that has looked brilliant for two thirds of a season and fallen apart like a cat on a hot tin roof falling off and just smacking ourselves on the ground. I don't know. That was a weird, weird uh, reference. But that being said, I think maybe we should hear from Bruce Sullivan. Who yeah. Is much yeah I think we more should, solid, because... well-spoken individual than me at this point in this think, first half of the show. I think my co-hosts <laughs> have the needs of breath of fresh air. We're going to take a break before she gets all kinds of fired up. And I love it. I love the spunk on that woman. But anyway, let's hear the, uh, let's hear from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. Listen, he is from the Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He's got fantastic stuff. He's got Patriots, Celtics, Red Sox, and our beloved Boston Bruins, best team in Boston. 
suck it. Um, but he's got some awesome stuff. And if you want to get some some of this awesome stuff for cheap prices, I'm telling you, these are real cheap prices. You got to get in touch with them as soon as possible. Follow the Facebook page. Send him an email. Get in his grill. Ask him about what he has in his collection. He will get back to you within a day. I guarantee it. And he's awesome to work with. So let's hear from him. Let's hear about the awesome um, jerseys that he has and all the Bruins-related items that he has. And even a special one from a Boston Bruins Blue Line legend. We'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. We have some breaking news. On November 6th, we will be hosting Bruins Hall of Fame legend Ray Bork. We will have exclusive memorabilia, including jerseys, pucks, minis, and photos. Hall of Fame legend and NHL Top 100 player, Johnny Busick is our featured legend of the week. Score with JSA gold, white, or black dual inscribed jerseys for just $89. Or our exclusive JSA 1970 NHL All-Star jersey for just $109 on sale. Inscribed JSA pucks for 35 or inscribed JSA photos for just 34 On September 19th, we hosted two Bruins legends, Hall of Famer and NHL Top 100 player Brad Park and three-time All-Star in Bruins number 16 retired Rick Middleton. Grab your Park and Middleton jerseys, pucks, photos, and more while supplies last. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! We are back, Bruins fans. We just heard from the awesome Bruce Sullivan. Listen, birthdays are always happening year-round. Christmas is coming up way too fast. This is a perfect opportunity for you to go to Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia, talk to Bruce, spice up your fan cave, spice up your kid's um, bedroom, his game room, whatever. Spice everything up with B&G, black and gold everywhere. Go to the Facebook page, follow and please send Bruce an email. He's awesome. Like I said yeah, before the break, he'd be glad to work with you. And he responds very quickly. And he is uh, one of my go-tos for our um, jersey giveaways every month. Um, we donate $1 to our Patreon account. We will talk about that later. And we give you a, you have an opportunity to win a hand-signed uh, jersey, fully authenticated. And um, Bruce has got video of every uh, sit-down that he schedules with uh, former uh, players so good man good stuff do yourself a favor boston sports and music memorabilia we are back and guess what get some breaking news how fitting how fitting heather is that we talk about zach senishin and the world's gonna end with everybody and this guy <laughs> being the first being the first pick in 2015 and you know hasn't made the freaking nhl since leaving the podium and blah 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 the boston bruins 
put him on waivers today for the purpose, I believe, of sending him to Providence to join a very stacked um, lineup uh, in Rhode Island and uh, under the new uh, tutelage of um, Ryan Mujanel. So uh, expect big things. If he sneaks under, I believe <laughs> it's, it's going to be a good, a good, a good addition to Providence because he has played very well down there. He's, you know, he's had his up and down games in the NHL and so on, but still it's uh he'd be a good addition to hopeful um, a Calder cup, um, you know, winning season because the, this team without this stupid freaking, uh, you know, uh, sickness that's going around and so on and, and all the stuff that we're still dealing with. Uh, I believe the Providence Bruins in the last three seasons could have challenged for a Calder cup. They just had the lineup with this. Everything got canceled and everything's, you know, no fans and blah, blah, blah. It's just really put a, um, a, a bad wrench in, in those gears. It's weird. It's like they, honest to God, it's like they heard us talking about Zach Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully he gets through. Well, but, well, training camp starts tomorrow, so, yeah, so you know it, it makes sense that these guys go through now to be available for all those days. And 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 it's not like the Boston Bruins. Um, well, it is kind of sort of this this year in the in the in the preseason. Uh, they're going to have two days of solid freaking on ice workouts and so on. But then Wednesday afternoon, um, they hit the ice for their first preseason game. So getting these guys involved as soon as as soon as possible. Uh, refreshing the systems and how they're supposed to be played and getting back to work no matter what level, if it's the minor pro level or East Coast Hockey League or whatever, it's all gonna um it's all gonna be good for the organization moving forward, regardless of NXL success. So suck that one too. Yeah. <laughs> suck it. F haters, <laughs> suck it. Okay, well, I actually did put a little spot in a few minutes that we could, if you wanted, circle back a little bit because, you know, cuts are starting to happen in Providence Bruins camps opening and kids are going back. So if you wanted to, maybe it's not like our official bring back Mark's prod, prospect updates, this and that, but kind of generally. Um, but do you want, I didn't know because we're kind of on the topic. Do you want to just kind of talk about that now? Like Providence training camp open. Some of the kids are back on their respective teams before yeah. we talk about goaltending. Just yeah, in a general um, sense. Real excited um, to get back. Um, we, we, I reached out and I, I, I think I said this previously. We did we uh, have um, media credentials for the upcoming year, which I'm super stoked and psyched about to return to uh, Providence, the Rhode Island, um, area is amazing uh downtown providence is awesome i can't wait to have a, a rhode island ipa and a reuben sandwich as i always say it's my go-to at the trinity brew house shout out trinity Woo! and um but um no I'm, I'm i'm really excited for everything to get filtered down i'm even more excited i think for what i'm going to see in maine over the uh the providence bruins and to be honest with you because maine is is the newer uh, East Coast Hockey League affi affiliation of the Boston Bruins. So it's keeping everything really close. Uh, many thanks to the uh, Atlanta, Georgia area and the Jacksonville, Florida area for uh, being um, places of development and places to go and so on. But we're, we're, we're bringing it all New England this year. All three teams are going to be within the six state region, and I'm super stoked. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, Jack Sidnika and his role if he does go down to Providence. Many seem to think he won't. I kind of think he will. But, um, you know, Jesper Froden is going to, I believe, tear it up 
down there. And I believe Jakob Lauko is going to take a bigger step. I believe uh, Kyle Kaiser is going to take a big step. We'll see what happens with a uh, new addition in goal, Troy Grosnick. He's a veteran, been around for a while, uh, dating back to like the uh, Worcester with the Worcester Sharks when they when they were affiliated out here before heading out west with a big NHL Western um, Conference migration of their minor pro to keep everything close. So I'm just ready. I'm I'm ready. You know, I have my hotel all booked down in Seekonk. I'm about 12 minutes away on the highway from downtown Providence because Providence is sold out. It's sold out, folks. That place, the Dunkin' Donuts Center, is going to be absolutely jam-packed People are excited for hockey, and I'm, I, I can't wait to see the crowd, the, take images, hopefully get some interviews of people and fans of, about the return to uh, their beloved sport. And, and you know, we're, we're getting back to normalcy, even though things are freaking going haywire with this the sickness and whatever. But um, I'm ready. Things are getting a little bit back to normal, but what the hell even is normal anymore? So right. that's how I feel about that. Yeah, but um, in – College hockey starting up, like you said. Yep. Um, Ontario's gonna start. Did the, the Ontario sorry. the Ontario Hockey League is gonna probably start a little uh, closer to next week, mm-hmm. next weekend. Uh, the um, the WHL started uh, yesterday, and uh, Fabian Lasalle got into his first action with the Vancouver Giants, and uh, he uh, scored uh, got, got an assist. He was a plus two. And I believe one shot on net, he was flying all around work in progress. I think it was a more of an adjustment period for him. Um, but there was some good things and some bad things. I'm not poo-pooing on the kid already. It's just, this is his first game um, with this, uh, this group. And he has been practicing before he was out there for uh, the giants uh, training camp before coming to the uh, prospects challenge in Buffalo. And then later on into the NHL training camp with the Boston Bruins. But he looked really good. I was up late last night. I, I even wrote an article about one of the uh, one of the goaltending prospects down in the Dubuque Fighting Saints of the uh, United States Hockey League. That's Philip Svedberg. You can go to blackandgoldhockey.com and read that, actually. I dropped that at 2 a.m. Crazy. Uh, say, USHL has opened up. College yeah. opened up. Oh, yeah. I saw that this morning. I retweeted you when yes, I woke up. Yes, you did. Up. Yes, you did. But, no, I was a workhorse last night. I had a really good time. Um, just sitting here in the office watching the Boston Bruins uh, preseason game and then watching uh, the Dubuque Finding Saints with uh, with Sved- Svedebeck. And, uh, did I say Svedberg? Oh, I think you I did. might have said. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to listen back. But anyway, Svedebeck um, in the USHL and then at 10.05 p.m., the puck drop on Fabian Lassell's, uh WHL rookie season. So And they have a good team, and they just kicked the ass. I think, yeah, they won five to nothing. They just really uh, ran over the Victoria Royals out in the uh, dub, and um, and believe it or not, the the um, the Vancouver Giants played Victoria six games last season in an abbreviated season because of the the sickness and and so on, um, and they won every one of them, and so now it's just seven straight wins, including all last year for Vancouver over Victoria. So it was awesome to see, and I can't wait to uh, see the next game where. I believe you're going to see a bigger impact from uh, a player like Fabian LaSalle and his creativity and the way he's a uh, dynamic in certain areas and aspects of the game. He spent the summer absorbing a little bit about American hockey, you know, North American hockey, I should say. Uh, and I think you're only going to see him grow. He's already looked good. He's been to their camp. He's been out here with the Bruins at camp. Like once he adjusts, 
quote unquote, I think that we're going to see great things from him. But who knows? <laughs> we could be having the same Stanika conversation with him. Here, a Seneshin thing. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, I, just to interject before we move on and talk about the goaltending, this morning reminded me of how stressful it is to be the goalie's parent. Uh, on game day and uh, Mike, you know, the little one's still just a mite. So they rotate, but he likes being in that didn't seem as comfortable as he normally is today, but you feel so bad. Like I just, what do you do? You can't stop the bleeding or whatever. It all came back. They had an offensive thing. Everyone evened out. He got more comfortable, but man, I'm like, dude, I can't imagine like being a professional hockey player's parent because it is so stressful especially a goalies i'm like i ended up behind like the net just so like if he like had to look up at me it's like it's all right buddy dude look, shake it off you're fine you're fine like dude but i said to him in the car just remember no one's gonna play for the bruins out of methuen's might game this morning so just go have fun and do whatever but man it's stressful when your kid's the goalie but speaking of stressful i'm starting to get a little stressed about the goaltending situation and even though it was the first week I'm not calling anybody out, but I do have to say I saw some things from both cold hinders this week that I was like, oh, um, maybe we need to work the kinks out. Now, that being said, they have been splitting ice time with like six other goaltenders that have been at camp and stuff. Neither of them have really had a full load on them yet. Uh, but last night's game, that's concerning a little bit with Allmark. But I know he's like some people are going off the freaking ledge, but we know he's a better goaltender than what we necessarily saw at times. So everyone, again, calm the F down. Uh, but even Jeremy Swayman had some moments in that where you can see, like, now the newness, like, people like, oh, they've seen Swayman a little bit, and that's what is going to happen with him this year is even if he's performing well, obviously people are going to have more tape to look at. So when you're talking about Jeremy Swayman and, and, and his presence and goal for this, uh, this preseason, I go back to the first goal he gave up. Um, against the Washington Capitals in, in the early first period. Um, he, and, and it was, it was, a, um, it was a, a group of people that were standing around doing nothing, not just him, because there was a puck that was just right in, in between the two hash marks. And I believe that as a goaltender, former goaltender myself, that you can come out and pounce on that puck if you needed. And he definitely had enough time, but I think that he was being a little more patient trying to figure out if his, if his defensive partners were going to be able to sweep the puck away and get it away. But it was just a lot of uh, miscommunication in that minimal second or two. But, you know, a Washington player, I think it was uh, Hathaway, I think. or I, I could be wrong um, on that uh, Washington goal scorer. But just basically put it right over his shoulder. And, uh, you know, it was just an unfortunate thing to happen. But it just seemed like, you know, these guys are all coming down to down to earth a little bit. Um, we had high praise for uh, Linus Allmark coming from Buffalo, and, but we, we're still not seeing right now, and at least in my opinion, Heather, we're not seeing the full structured defense that we're ready to roll into the um, the the uh, regular season. And I mean that by by mental state, like, hey, we're playing for something now. This isn't preseason. We're not playing for anything here. We're just basically, you know. We're trying to prove something, but we're not like it's not a win loss situation where we're going to lose our minds over it. But I think in the in the uh, regular season, this defense, obviously, you know, headed up by uh, Charlie McAvoy, who's going to, in my opinion, going to be a future captain and going to have a big voice in in, in that and in, in his contract year. Um, 
is going to have a little more sustainability on the back end. I think that a lot of people out there don't believe that this they they made the um, appropriate changes to the D. They needed to get bigger. They needed to get more aggressive and so on. But um, I I remain as firm to say that I'm going with this defense is going to be better than it was last year. And uh, you know, but you know, I've eaten shoe before. I've eaten Nike leather all the time, but. I really feel good about it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't feel the need to go off the edge over preseason games with goaltending. We've seen plenty, like whatever it, this is the time where they're all working out their kinks, right? Yeah. So you've got shaking the rust off. Wayman doing it for the first time as first, like full on professional season here. He's working out his kinks where it will again, like, Carlos, and I've said to, I've never seen a young goaltender like, or I haven't seen a young goaltender in a while that looks this just calm, like as if he came out of the womb ready to be an NHL starting goaltender. Uh, It's really weird. You know, just that kind of patience. I mean, he, he has like that kind of, uh, that comfortable, the comfortableness that like back when we were kids, when the goaltender played 68 of the 85 starts or whatever the heck it was at the time, you know? Um, that being said, Linus Allmark, I think is going to be okay too. You know, I think this week we'll probably see, we have two games. We'll probably see one start, one game, one start, the other. They're not going to have so much, you know, the period, period, whatever kind of thing happening. I don't think there's anything to panic. And you know what? Everybody's going to have a shitty game every now and then. And I'd rather them work out some of that shit now than in December 27th or whatever, when we're fighting for first place in the Atlantic division or whatever kind of thing. So I found it very funny that in uh, the media availability today, um, uh, Bruce Cassidy, I believe said that the goaltending, the starting goaltending on the last two games of the preseason will be up to goalie Bob. It's going to be his yeah. decision on who um, he believes has earned it to a point. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. A uh, little bit of confidence there from uh, Bruce Cassidy, given the uh, the nod to obviously the guy who's probably going to know so much more than the bench boss. Uh, uh, what goes on in the crease? Um, oh, speaking of the crease, I would do want to mention something. I made a huge mistake uh, in the past couple of weeks um, because I didn't find official word yet, and uh, I didn't do my due diligence, which is is pretty sad because I'm normally pretty good on my research. But it is true, in fact, that the Boston Bruins do have an AHL deal with Jeremy Verder. So that has been confirmed. Um, He could be uh, a very good asset in Maine. I don't think he's going to beat out Kyle Kaiser, and I don't believe he's going to beat out Troy Grosnick for the job. Remains to be seen with camp in Providence starting tomorrow, but... I just wanted to clarify that I am human, made a mistake, uh, but I just couldn't find any information on it. It was weird. And actually, yeah. credit to uh, Matt Matt Porter from the Boston Globe. He was the one that I found in the tweet, and he was the only one that basically tweeted it. And it took me almost an hour and a half to schedule all to go through all those tweets. It was crazy. So, uh, but I'm a um, I'm sick like that. Yeah, that's that's fine. I think it would. I would think that. I don't know what goalie Bob's going to do, but it would make sense. He'd want to see them each one time kind of taking the whole game before they, he makes suggestions of who might look to be the projected starter goaltender. But as we explained, we also have another 10 days or whatever that they can work that out. And both goalies have looked good on the footage from actual camp. 
in the arena. It's just now it's game time and now we have to figure it figure it out but it'll be interesting to see on that i i forgot to mention that when we had talked about providence open up uh sweeney said yesterday so booth brodeur uh jack doherty ian mckinnon uh andrew pesky uh edwards tallmark and alex olivier voyer yeah have been sent to providence training camp so they haven't been cut or anything yet and no one's been assigned elsewhere off of that team but they are now doing their rounds through Providence to see yes. who might stay there. Those are all players that were uh, like Andrew Pesky. I don't believe he's on an NHL contract two-way deal or anything like that. I believe he's on an AHL only deal but still there's availability to go down. Uh, Esseline has a uh, waiver exempt. Foyer has waiver exempt and so on with the entry level contracts and um, and no games played in the NHL. So those guys are ready to rock and roll. Um, it's going to be a very fast season uh, down in Providence. I'm really excited. And now it's up to them to figure out where they land in the Bruins system from this point out. And you never know who might make it out of Providence camp as the goaltenders. I don't know. This It's very strange. Just like, uh, third and fourth liners the Bruins now seem to have a good chunk of goaltending in our system which is good because I think people forget that depth and goaltending is important as well uh we learned that the hard way in the bubble I think all right yeah, exactly um all right so I think the general sentiment though is everyone calm the f down about the goaltending okay I swear to God, the first fucking person, although I, I'm pretty sure Boosie might have tweeted it last night, something like I miss Tuca or something like that. I don't remember. Someone had said that, you know, in three months, everyone's going to be like, Tuca Rask. Why don't we have Tuca Rask? Oh my God, Tuca Rask. Like everyone calm down. It'll be okay. We still have, even if we end up with at worst mediocre goaltending, it's still better than most NHL teams have for goaltending at all. So I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. The kids are going to be all right. What my, my biggest concern, if I, I don't mean to cut you off right there. My yeah, biggest yeah. concern real quick is, is listen, if, if the goalies give up a softy, like, like all did a couple of times this preseason are, our better structured offense, obviously during the regular season and not in preseason is going to have to really step up and, and kind of break away from the pack of the normal games that we've seen trending in Bruins years. When we get so many games, when we're one-to-one, two-to-one kind of games, and it's so tight that if you give up that soft goal, you don't have much time to recover and, and try to get it back or create a lead. I just think that this offense needs to be bought more bought in. It's like, hey, okay, we let a soft one up, blah, blah, blah. Let's go and let's get it freaking going and, and try to get, you know, two goals ahead. Because if the goaltender is having a shaky night, as it seemed it could, we need to be more apt to, like, recover from any of our losses on the ice. Nope, don't take a minus. Just get it done. Well, and that that's a general problem we have, right? We could be up five to two with three and a half minutes left in the third and end up losing in a shootout. Like that's also a thing. One thing I was thinking though, is that I do think that, and I mean, I'm sure that they're addressing this, but like our defense has been set up structured in front of Tuka Rask for a very long time. And before that, Tim Thomas, that was, again, I like to say, you know, Julian and Cassidy as different as they are also just a stone's throw away from each other in some ways of how they do things. And that also needs to be taken into account that 
Olmark and Swayman, like even Swayman, he hasn't been in, in the Bruins system that long. He's still more the any the NCAA trained goaltender and stuff like that than he is for his professional experience. He's still young. He's only got a little game scene, you know? Maybe that's something they need to consider. As I agree with you, this defense is already better than it was last year, and that's not a slight on anyone. That's just the truth. Um, but we also have to understand, like, Swayman and Allmark are not too Karask. We need the defense for structure in this team to also not cater to your goaltender. I mean, if you're going to be a goaltender, you got to be in all situations, right? But like if Allmark can be that good in Buffalo and their defensive system, there's no reason why mm. once he gets comfortable here and in our defensive system, not saying change the system, but change the way maybe you have to roll that out sometimes that maybe you do need to have someone stay a little further home than necessarily going deep. Like we're used to things like that. And no. Swayman and Allmark are going to be very different from each other, the support that each of them might need. So that could also be a little bit of the teammates figuring out their goaltenders as much as the goaltenders figuring out their comfortableness in net. I don't know about you, but I could never get comfortable in a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is like, if you can do that there, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that just Stop goes breaking out the Sinatra tunes. And I do, I do like to just like I try to remember generally that most Americans are sensible, middle-brained people and not like crazies. Right. I try to, as much as I see the craziness from Bruins fans, remember most hockey fans are actually rational people who, if you understand the game, understand. Right. There's no need to set all, you know, all mark on fire for five million dollars over a couple preseason games. Like it'll be. We we might disagree with the masses out on Twitter and social media and so on like that, but you know, and and their fan freak out. But we never we never think people are dumb or you know, yeah, unintelligent when it comes to the game. It's just that's the way that they come off on on being a passionate fan, regardless yeah, if we agree or not. You know. It's what happens when your passion overtakes your rationality. I have certainly had those moments on many occasions in my hockey right. walking life. I have had that opinion. We all make mistakes and we're not perfect. So, yeah, I don't mean it that way. But, I mean, when you think about it, like, game-wise, there's no one needs to go over the cliff over Trent Frederick or Jackson Nika right. or Linus Olmark or any of that yet. Everyone take a breath. We kind of know who will be on the on the Boston Bruins and mostly who will be on the Providence Bruins, right? Because there's a lot of returning cast of characters there. And oh, yeah. you still have to beat them out. Like, just like maybe yep. they haven't earned their spot. You haven't earned their spot on the Providence Bruins either. So that's healthy. But again, Bruins fans, be good to each other because yes. we haven't even reached the actual season yet. And I've already seen a few exchanges where I'm like, be one and prosper. Like, Jesus, we all like the same team. Just calm down. We might disagree about players, but like sometimes when you find yourself engaging with another fan that loves the same team as you, you have to walk away from your phone, your computer, whatever, go smoke a cigarette, drink a beer, have Long a brownie, hits for breakfast, whatever. Yeah, like just everyone <laughs> breathe, everyone calm down. Okay. So this, this, and that. Okay. So this was just interesting. I just want to bring up uh, Mike Comito had tweeted out yesterday that yesterday on October 2nd, 1999, Ray Bork became the highest go scoring goal. Yeah. Goal scoring defenseman in NHL history, uh, surpassed Paul Coffey. Uh, and Ray Bork is still the most uh, highest scoring defenseman ever. He ended up with four 
410 goals, and we all know that he scored 1,169 assists because he is awesome. Also, just Ray Bork is awesome, so I thought we should mention him. Just to say Ray Bork. Say it, Ray Bork. Ray Bork. Uh, Speaking of Mike Camito, today, today, uh, October 3rd, the Boston Bruins named Zdeno Chara captain 15 years ago. Oh, man. That Mike Camito, man. He's coming up with a new book, a new 365 book, new edition. You guys should really, really go out and get it. Get the first edition, get the second edition, and get every edition that that man absolutely puts his heart and soul into writing because he's got kids, young kids, and I don't know how he finds time to do it, but he's an awesome freaking history guy. I can't even get our our agenda done and i have <laughs> one small kid and one very tall don't kid. say that <laughs> because i pumped your agenda skills up earlier don't make me look bad hey, heather i always make it it could it might be at 11 45 but we always have an agenda i was to dropping be fair, i was done at, at 9 30 i was nine at 1 30 i was done at 9 30 it wasn't 11 45 okay um what was i gonna say something yeah he always has interesting things and i just i'm gonna pour not fake pour some out to Zidane Char's captaincy. Thank you, my old captain, who's now back on your original team. But sorry, we had to see you go, but you did. And speaking of that, just because, again, just like Ray Bork, I just like to say David Krejci, and I will keep him. First of all, this dude is making that league look silly. I'm just saying that's not an offense to um, the homegrown Czech extra league. They are great players there, and it's awesome. But, like, David Krejci is like a kid in a candy shop up in there. He's just like doing whatever David Krejci feels like doing. But he sold his Charlestown home, which made like, again, Bruins fans, we we kind of go off ledges just for no reason. Um, this was such a trigger. And I'm like, I wanted to tweet, oh my God, you mean David Krejci can't possibly like, like first of all, do you want to pay taxes in, in Charlestown if you're not living in the house, yeah. I know I'm not. Yeah. I'd rather sell it and buy a new one. Oh my Hell god, no. he'll never be able to rent another house or buy another house if he ever wants to visit his buddies. Oh and my god. The trigger, the trigger effect on that one, Heather, was he sold it for yeah. 4.046. I feel like someone who's a Bruins fan bought that and was like, You're only asking for no no. I'm gonna yeah, have yeah. to give you <laughs> the other. And he's like, please don't. Please don't because please don't. No. Okay, fine. Whatever. But I just thought that was a funny thing because that in no way, shape or form probably has anything to do with whether he was staying with the Bruins or not. Like he could have had that listed six months ago and no one cared until someone brought up that he sold it. But that was funny. Oh my God. You mean there's no other houses he can ever visit and maybe rent if he comes to hang out with his buddies? That's what somebody (laughs) said to me. It's like, Hey, you can rent a hotel. I was like, Oh Jesus. He's going to Airbnb at Sean Thornton's place. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, well, not not hometown, but, you know, he's from, you know, well, let's just say he's a Boston resident, Sean Thornton. But speaking of Massachusetts resident and my one of my good friends and um, administrative members over at the Black and Gold Hockey uh, Production Sports Media Company, Mr. Andrew Taverna, congratulations on crossing the threshold of 1,500 followers. Nice job, my friend. Shout out. Shout um, out. I'm only half the man you are right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, congratulations. Shout out. Jesus, now I'm going to have Kiss in my head. Why do I have to say it like that? Shout okay. it. Yeah, I just, I can't do Kiss. I'm sorry. Like, I know, something. I know. Sorry to offend any Kiss fans out there, and I'm pretty adaptable when it comes to my rock and roll. I respect you for I just like Peter Chris because he's an awesome drummer. Like, I can... 
I can respect you in your place in music history, but I will never figure out touring every and going to see every Kiss show. But that's just uh, me. Then again, I would, <laughs> I would follow Metallica around in a bus if I could, if that was a thing you did, if you were a metalhead. All right. Sorry. Let's tap back in. Anyways, don't worry. Krejci can go to one of the 45 million perfectly fine hotels if he wants to visit Boston with him and his lovely family. Still, please remember, he's not coming back. Uh, he may or may not, but either way, him selling his house or whatever has nothing to do with anything. It was more of this is what Bruins. Luckily, luckily, actual games are starting because Bruins fans will have more to actually feast on than like I jokingly retweeted like I don't need this shit on my Tuesday or whatever. Like just joking, like oh goody, of course, right? Because I was already having a day. No, I'm just kidding. Um, also, though, former. Bruins legend Andre Kasha finally scored a goal up in Toronto. <laughs> First goal Bruins. since February 2020. Oh and I swear to fucking God. I, I know swear at least two people are going to love you saying that. Oh, my God. I I swear on a Riverside Shakespeare. I'm not religious. I'm not going to disrespect the Holy Bible. I swear on a Riverside Shakespeare. If this guy puts up 20 to 25 goals in Toronto, my head's going to explode. Just saying, if him and Nick Ritchie put up 70 points between the two of them, I'm going to probably be upset about that. That's Sorry. funny. I know. I thought I have to put, add a couple non-serious topics. We're going to be getting real effing serious the next few weeks on this podcast. Uh, sometimes more serious than others. But if you are local and or have the internet, I'm excited, Mark, and you're excited. And this is for our locals. The Sports Hub Hockey Show is coming back on the 98.5 The Sports Hub, you can get it live right on there. They're on Saturdays, 9 to 11. One of my favorites. I can't wait to hear Maria's first call of the fucking year. Yeah. Excuse my language. Shout out, Maria. Love you, girl. Can't Shout wait out, to have you Maria on soon to hang out with us. Uh, Maria and the other, there are not just Maria. There are other people who call. And like fans can call and interact. But I love it because it is the only damn time. I'm like, I'm a psycho, so I listen to the to Boston Sports Hub, even though I know it's only like all day, every day, all day this week. Everything else happened on Celtics camp, Bruins camp, this, that, this, that, or whatever starting. All we got to hear about is Brady. But they don't talk about that on a Sports no, Hub hockey show. And they, they only not. give them two hours. But That's that right. and then random blurbs on Tucker and Rich, basically, we're going to get about the Bruins. So tune in. Um, if you like that, you can get it in podcast form. If you're not around you here, you can download it. Uh, I often do that because I tend to be running to and from hockey rinks on Saturdays. In Nine, 98.5, the hockey show with uh, host Ryan Johnson. And he has Billy Jaffe. He has Judge Sherratt on. He has Bob Beers. And unfortunately, I, I heard that Ty Anderson is not going to be making any appearances this year on the program, which is unfortunate um, because I really did like when Ty, uh, you know, lent his knowledge of what he sees uh, from practices and games and so on when he when he uh, has the uh, uh, opportunity to join these guys. But um, that sucks, man. So I've always have been a big fan of Ty, regardless of uh, written form or uh, audio. Um, but we wish him best of luck. But I am also hearing that Ty Anderson also has something big coming up too, possibly his own podcast, which would be very cool because I would definitely subscribe to that. Yeah, because I know he does also does that sidelines podcast for 98.5 uh, and a lot of hockey talk. There are other sports talk, too. But um, the guy's I play love cool, man. He's a freaking grinder. I, lo 
Uh, yeah, I love Ty, and it's nice to see him tweeting. Uh, he cracks me up sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes, just when I'm feeling, he him, hates I'm Crazy like, Train, man. And did you hear I the see... recent? Did you hear the recent um, episode on Maria's um, uh, morning skate when he uh, popped on? Uh, I think it was last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she when yeah. she said Crazy Train's coming back, and then and then freaking uh, Connor Ryan at a game this week um, uh, or last week uh, at, at TD Garden. They put Crazy Train on to start the game, and Connor turns over to Ty. He gives them <laughs> gives them the business with the uh, with the old uh, the phone and the video. So that was pretty cool. Shout out to some of our favorite Bruins. People. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you guys, are Boston there's, Bruins media. There's a lot of them. We'll do that when we do our preseason spectacular yeah. oh, prediction we'll show. The people we like and. You know, well, I feel like I can't get 12 minutes. You you put out an awesome tweet like, hey, man, start following these people like we like we could do a whole list. I'm going to dedicate three minutes right before the season starts. Say, hey, oh, yeah. here are our favorite podcasts. Here are some of our favorite non Bruins podcasts. Like if you're I, in for hockey, be all in, whatever. Um, that being said, we've got lots of awesome podcasts on the Black and Gold Hockey Network podcast network. Feel free to tune into all those if you're not. OK, Um so let's move on with, we're done with the funnies. Let's start going to there. Um, I saw, and this is, I understand we got a lot of big old dog lovers out there that listen to this show and uh, the Bruins pucks and pups calendar is looking for some pup models. So between now and October 18th, if you have a super Bruins fan dog, which I know many of you do, I see the lovely pics on game days of pups out there with their scarves and jerseys and whatever else. Uh, if you would like to try and get your pup into the Pucks and Pups calendar, Pucks and Pups. I don't know. That's a lot of these. <laughs> I can't. That's a beautiful uh, Jesus. But if you go to the Boston Bruins website and go under the fan stuff, there's a link to like all the information to sign up and try to get that in. I do not have a dog anymore, although I wish that we had the internet and in that because I would have totally dressed my dog. Up. My dog, my mom's dog tack was jet black he would have looked swizzle stick in that ugly poo bear like yellow mess or whatever no i'm just kidding okay that being said that's that do that if you want to do that um upcoming games we got tomorrow versus the flyers in philly and then we go to washington to play the capitals uh any expectations what do you want to see happen now that we know it'll be more like the real lineup these last few two because now the kids have gone to providence camp such and such what would you like us to see us improve? And what would you like to see help decide who you want on this team? Well, yeah, obviously I want to uh, navigate my, my thoughts to the, the crease and, and who uh, Bob Ascens is going to choose that he finds fitting to, to deserve that spot uh, both games or, or one apiece. who knows. Um, and uh, hopefully that we can get a little more chemistry going with some of the the regulars that we're going to see in the regular season um, lineup starting on October 16th against Dallas. Um, and, you know, how, how everybody's going to be bought, bought in on that particular day and moving forward into the season. Uh, just I, I, I really I still believe that this is going to be a really good Boston Bruins team this year. Um, I, I wouldn't take anything away from preseason because it's such a mismatch of uh, – of players and and who's going to stick and who's just there for the experience and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I, I find it's going to be interesting to see um, how they respond. Uh, defense, you know, you get good goaltending, you're probably going to get really good defense. So let's keep everything sharp and offense. I really want to see more, uh, more opportunities side to side, get the goalie moving, 
uh, more crisp passes. Um, but, um, you know, that, those are all things that you just want to see on a regular game basis. So um, let's go. LFG. Oh, you mean you're, you you don't have to just worry about north-south. You can also worry about east-west and maybe a combination of moving. The, like, yeah, I mean, you can even go in circles if you want. I saw Bobby O do that several times going through the ice, uh, shaking off people. So it can yeah. be done. It can be done. So decision-making. Yeah, I think I just want to continue to see it balance out a little, right? Maybe the chemistry set in a little more what we know the team will look like, but it's hard because we do have the 10 day gap. There's a lot to work on, but I think you can tell a lot more when you see them in a game situation than as lovely as the uh, footages from the warrior ice arena. It's just not the same level of uh, in there. What I don't like about the, the 10 gate, the 10 day off is, is um, the trend in Boston Bruins history when they, this team has too much time off. And I, and I, I heard your comment about scrimmages I don't like mm-hmm. that idea because the fact is that they did a scrimmage before a playoff game and Brad Marchand ended up busting his finger up pretty good or his wrist or whatever. So I just, I don't like that at all. Um, I just wish that they were, were playing more close together. You know, a four day gap wouldn't be so bad, but a 10 day is just, that's a lot. So see what happens. Mm. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up and depressing the crap out of me. This I'm so- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so we don't really have much more uh, besides, again, it was pretty heavy hit on that. Um, I did want to bring up, um, I forgot about, uh, so Quinn Hughes got himself some money this week. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He uh, got himself a six-year contract. What was it? I don't know, like $41 million or something oh, like that. It, like average to like. 78, 7.8 or something like that a the year. The way it was, it was structured, the way that contract was structured, Heather, was weird. But uh, so did Elias Patterson. He got a deal too. Yeah, Vancouver paid out some money to the kids this week. But uh, more importantly, I'm thinking <sighs> McAvoy's got to get at least that. Then, right? Well, um, you got to consider that, that. You got to consider that the um, the qualifying offer to even begin to talk to Charlie McAvoy is most likely going to be at seven point three. Mm-hmm. But that's but that's that's when you're in next off season in your hard negotiation negotiating with him. Uh, to get a deal done, if you do it, if you do it during the off se- during the season, and it remains to be seen, did he say anything about contracts during the season? No, I think uh, they've all I, been like, I, think, I'm not. I know, I, I know, Bergeron said he didn't want to, but if they can get a deal done and get him under seven three, that'd be fantastic. But that just seems to be the bar right now when you when you're talking about the truck that's going to back up to uh, Charlie McAvoy's safe. Yeah, hey, it's a hard sell because contracts really depend on what your peers are getting, right? We talked about this. There are some people that should not be getting paid $4.5 million a season. They're just not high, you know, but they do because people who produce like them, even if they're a better all-around player. Speaking of Charlie McAvoy, did you did you hear 31 Thoughts last week? I did not listen to it yet. Oh, my God. You got to hear the Behind. story about um, how um... – uh, John Ferguson Jr. was so high on um, Charlie McAvoy being picked while everybody else in the organization wanted Dante Favaro, who also mm-hmm. played for uh, Boston University, but was also out in the BCHL with the Penticton V's. And, and he was a fantastic prospect out there. But um, Charlie McAvoy's dad, I guess, is a plumber by trade and he owns a plumbing business. Yeah. He, Charlie McAvoy went to 
uh, or the McAvoy father went and worked at John Ferguson's house. And that's how their relationship happened. And then he's like, hey, my kid plays hockey. And then it, they just, you know, uh, Ferguson was just like, hey, this is a kid that's been working his ass off and blah, blah, blah. So uh, did a solid for the for the family by picking him. And I think that was the, the right move. Uh, so good on John Ferguson Jr. And best of luck to him out in uh, Arizona with, a, with the, uh, the second dumpster fire, um, Arizona Coyotes. Yeah. Um. Well, we don't really have I, I unless you can think of anything. I think we're pretty wrapped up on generally the Bruin stuff. I think we talked pretty well about just at least things so. thus far. I think Busiest so. week the bees we've had so far in a yeah. long time. Everyone's really, really engaging show this week. It's not like we're clawing and trying to get, you know, news to stretch out this two hour program. But right. no, it's just this is what we do when we're gearing up for the regular season. It's just, you know, the heart rates are getting up, the the you know the chills in your body and your veins are starting to get become real because it's coming. And I hopefully it lasts a full 82 because I'm so ready for that to be tapped in my veins. Um, well, I, I had another bodily fluid. I felt when I saw Arizona had signed uh-huh. Peter Chiarelli <laughs> to some kind of fucking oh, yeah. contract. I was like, Ooh, why would you do that? Poor Arizona. No, don't do it. Love the Ottawa senators. What's the old Bruins and Calgary flames. Heather, what's the over-under on Peter Chiarelli taking that role and then trading a first-round pick? <laughs> oh, dude, that's got to be insane. It's also, over. <laughs> will, will he destroy the cap to a place in which Arizona will have no, cho- no choice but to be oh, sold to shit. Houston or something like you had said? I, I can't. The and, and, and will he get any remaining Ottawa senators around the league that he – Got back in the day, much like you know Chris Kelly and blah blah blah. I know Chris Kelly's not playing, but that seemed to be the trend when uh, Peter Shirley totally. was in Boston. Well, let's get everybody from Ottawa because I believe in them. All right. Well, here's a scenario: Would you rather stay in Ottawa or get traded to the Arizona oh, Coyotes? Because yeah, I'm just kidding. Half of the Ottawa. ones he had in Ottawa. I'm just saying. I'll take Ottawa. At Ottawa- least they have a Kachuk. <laughs> You know, the thing with Ottawa is I feel so bad because they also have really horrible, like, obviously I'm a Bills fan and I wish that their owners who also own the Sabres would put as much or find the people who have the passion for it and really let them do what they need to do because they shouldn't have to suffer like the Bills fans had to do for a very long time to be able to be competitive again. Same thing in Arizona. Like, I don't think hiring people like Peter Chiarelli might help you. Fucking Chia Pet. So like what you hate, so like you hate the cap first round picks and like whatever, like, I I don't, I, why would you do that? Like there's literally like, and yes, and you can all, everyone can say, well, he won a cup in Boston. You know what? I will always say thank you for helping to bring that cup to Boston. But overall, if you ask any team he's ever worked for, he's going to end up running you into financial hell and probably not get you another cup because I know he didn't get us a second one. Sorry. Oh, good point. That's it. That's my Peter Shirell thing. But I just needed something funny before we talk about it. Just one more thing in the hockey world that I just think is, I think we both agree is just fucking disgusting is what that Ukrainian hockey league player uh, did to Jalen Smirnak because what in the actual... First of all, uh, Andre Deniskin, uh, sorry, couldn't, I didn't see, I couldn't see the word all the way, um, made some racist gestures and shit to uh, Jalen Smirk. Who and, is a player of color. 
who is a player of a color, American player of color playing over there. So the Ukrainian league ended up spending, there was like misreporting or misinformation. Anyways, a total of 13 games, he ended up being suspended. Yes. Now the International Ice Hockey Federation has yet to make any move to, as far as I've seen, correct me if you've seen something different, to do I any supplementary yeah. action. Because they, although just like in the NHL, they can only punish a player so much according to the rules that have been signed. Same thing with the Ukrainian Hockey League. But the International Ice Hockey Federation, the over the body that controls ice hockey on the planet, certainly can put a ban on him. And as a hockey fan, as a parent, as anybody, I think someone tweeted, I can't remember who I said, when does hockey is for everyone become not just a hat, you know, not just like a saying, like, when are we going to, as a sport or whoever, I know as individuals we do, but it's disgusting. The absolutely ridiculous thing for me was the fact is that he bought his way out of 10 games of those. So in reality, he's only being suspended for three games. He paid, I think, 1800 of their dollars. I'm not sure what it's called over there. Is it a euro? I'm not sure. Well, but I don't I don't know he, what the Ukrainian money is. Right. He paid the league or a fine or whatever, and I uh, got that reduced down to three. It's still yeah. disgusting. He should have gotten the full ride, and, and he should be banned. I that's just bad, you know. Uh, it's the it's, fact we haven't heard about supplementary discipline from I know. the international. The it makes it is ridiculous. Worse. Yeah, it makes it even worse. That yeah, to me, like as a sport, bad on like you're not even going through the motions to pretend like you you think that's not okay. Right. You, I mean, it's not okay for that player. It's not okay for that other for Andre to be acting like that. Jalen shouldn't have to be subjected to that. He's a freaking professional sports person or anybody should have to be subjected to that. And it's disgusting to me that the International Ice Hockey Federation, but given the way, like, again, too, this is your first thing, Tardif, that you can deal with and make an influence on how the sport is going to change under your tenure. And literally, yeah, you said, oh, I don't, we condemn it, blah, 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 the standard, like, lawyer speak, you come out, but like, mean it, do something. Because if he'll do it to Jalen Smurik, he will do it. Smurik, I'm sorry. I think I said it wrong. He'll do it to anybody else. And it's. I'm sure he's not just in, in like, I'm sure it's, well, he's not, he's a good guy. He's not really a racist. No, if you do that, no one who is not a racist does shit like that. (laughs) They just don't. I'm just throwing it out there that if you're in your emotion and that is your reaction, you are a scumbag. You do not represent the nation well. The, your team well if i was that team i'd be trying to fire him because that's a pr nightmare unless it's more acceptable yeah. in the ukraine in ukraine i don't know i don't live in ukraine so um but yeah it's just i just had to rant on that because that's fucking disgusting stop saying hockey is for everyone we want to grow the sport we make it all inclusive and we still permit a-holes like this to do shit like that yep. it's just not okay Um, okay. Well, on my end, I think that's all we have for topics. I would like to remind everybody that I love when you rate and review us, uh, uh, follow us on Twitter again. We don't care if you like us or not like us. We'd appreciate if you give us 30 seconds, a minute of your time to say something about us, good, bad, or ugly, uh, follow everybody at, follow everyone at blackandgoldhockey.com, all the writers, all the podcasts we got. Uh, we have a new podcast. Is that right on the network? 
We uh, do. It's yeah. called the Hub of Hockey Podcast. And it's a new uh, show that is in partnership with Black and Gold Productions, sports media company, and a podcast network. network yeah. And uh, from hosts Scott Woods and Jay Hill. So welcome to the team, gentlemen. Welcome uh, to the good, team. Good episode. Uh, good premiere episode. Really enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. look forward to working with you in the future. And if anybody out there wants to start their own Boston Bruins podcast, American Hockey League, Providence Bruins podcast, uh, Boston Pride podcast, Maine Mariners podcast, or any other hockey podcast, please go to Black and Gold Productions LLC at gmail.com and let me know uh, that you would like to join and uh, your mission that you'd like to accomplish as a member of our podcast network. We're also looking for writers, so please go to that same um, email address and send me a cover letter if you'd love to join our writing team. Uh, I did a shout out on Twitter and it took three freaking consecutive tweets because we have over 30 people uh, on our, at our company and uh, they deserve to be shout out. So please go and follow them. If you follow us, um, they're going to be awesome people to uh, stay in touch with during the NHL Boston Bruins season. So, so new podcasts on the network, but don't forget the oldies, but goodies that have been on there. Us, obviously, I don't want to be yeah. biased, but we're the best. It's the mothership because Mark, <laughs> I have, I get to have the Godfather where the rest of them only get visits the from him every them. now and then. I get to be with the OG every week. Uh, don't forget your Dump and Change, your Lindroth Hockey Podcast, Holtz on Hockey, Heart of Lions, Short Shift Podcast, Puck Lines Podcast. I'm, I'm forgetting some of us. Um, uh, beehive podcast yeah, the beehive pod we have so I many know. i don't have my list so if i forgot any of our loving podcasts i'm sorry it's just because i'm do- i'm doing it off the top of my head and i'm trying to wrap up so mark can start getting to the patreon part uh so why he does the patreon i'm gonna look at my list and make sure i didn't forget any of our podcasts so. all right so we do have a patreon account for those that want to get involved it's only a dollar per episode and what this does is we take half of your dollar and we pay the bills of uh, running a small sports media company but we take the other half and we use that to buy awesome giveaways weekly prizes like t-shirts hand side pucks and other bruins paraphernalia but you're also eligible for that one dollar to get hand-signed jerseys. And like I said, from Boston uh, Sports and Music Maravilla, Bruce Sullivan, he is um, he's the guy that I get all this stuff from. But for $1, you can have this in your fan cave or in your closet or whatever. It's a Jerry Cheevers, the original number 30, folks. Fully authenticated, awesomely stitched, unbelievable stuff. But yeah, just for $1. And uh, we we do four to six episodes per month. So it's really not a huge investment, but we certainly appreciate the contributions financially. But we also appreciate everything that everybody else does. And I do want to mention that this week's winner is Casey Bowman. Casey's been a Patreon member for a long time. Thank you so very much, Casey. I will be getting your stuff out to the West Coast. I think she's in Utah nowadays. So she was a Cali girl, but now she's a Utah girl. But uh, anyway, congratulations, uh, Casey. She's been a really good friend, an online um, diehard Boston Bruins fan for with me for years. So um, like I said, we're looking for writers. We're looking for podcasters. Um, if you want to get some merch from all the uh, um, uh, – well, not all of them. We're uploading more and more every day. But uh, the guys on the podcast network are all going to have their own availability to to sell merchandise for their – for their shows so for our black and gold hockey podcast we're going to be um we have a uh an e-commerce store on um 
on a blackandgoldhockey.com website and just go to the tab, uh, the shop tab and go through there and pick out some really cool stuff. We'd certainly appreciate that. Um, with that being said, hold on Causeway Kings and don't poke the pod. I'm sorry, boys yes. off the top of my head. There you go. And Mark's history. If you like history, hockey history, remember that. And, and I'm kind of flirting with the idea of doing a solo Providence Bruins podcast, just about a half an hour. Um, who knows? I, I would really like to get somebody else involved to do uh, Providence Bruins hockey talk. But um, if I have to take the ball and run with it, I will do so. But um, yeah. So anything else, Heather? No, that was just it. I didn't want to forget them because no. they were the only two and I knew there were two. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you very much for the shout outs of, uh, of our awesome podcast network members. Uh, thanks for sharing everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for buying stuff. Uh, we sold, I think close to $300 in merchandise in, in about a week, which I truly appreciate. You guys are amazing. And, um, you know, Patreon, and um, I do want to give uh, a parting word to um, my friend, um, Alan Sullivan. Sully, uh, this this episode, number 247, is dedicated to you, bud. And I'm glad that we, Heather and I, had fun doing it, talking Boston Bruins hockey, because that's exactly what you would want uh, to have done. Not a, a sad show or anything like that. You were always an upbeat person with a big old heart and always wanted to see the best out of everybody. So my friend, this, this is, this is for you. And, um, I love you, man. So, uh, with that being said, I, I do have to get off before I uh, completely break down. So, um, <laughs> we love you all. So please, uh, get ready for Boston Bruins hockey talk. We're coming at you next week with another episode, more news as we get closer to the uh, October 16th puck drop. So let's go LFG folks. Here we go. Heather. Hey, what up? let's fucking go guy. All right, let's go. Everybody take care. We'll talk next week. Bye. Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com, and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.